0: Hi, I'm Trinity Wheeler. And I'm Alan Shaw. And this is Rhapsody Radio. Hey
1: guys, we are back. Back at Rhapsody Radio. It's just me and Trinity this week. It is. It's the boys. Uh,
0: So hold on to your butts.
1: I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Trinity, you've been away. I have. I came back in town today to do this.
0: Yeah, and I'm very thankful that you did. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because I missed you very much. It's been about a week since you've been away? Yeah. A little under a week, but Yep,
1: I go um, back tomorrow.
0: Yeah, you are in the process of So, here's I wanted to actually do this for our listeners. Okay. Um because I also get this question a lot f- uh, about your business. Yes. Um many people are like, "What is a producer?" Yeah. So, I want you to give them like the top 5 things that you do for your job.
1: All right. So, um Yeah. Being a producer, you you know you create a budget, right? Mm-hmm. You get rights to whatever show you're gonna work on, right? That'd be the first step, okay. And then you're gonna create a budget, how you're gonna make it happen with the physical production and all the people and everything that goes into it. okay? And then you're gonna set a timeline, you're gonna set a schedule where you take it from idea you know to live on stage. and this then you're like, gonna
0: this is gonna be the opening night, and this is where we've the, and from there. You work your way back.
1: Totally. The next thing, you would start hiring people, right? You're going to hire a creative team. You're going to hire a director, choreographer, designers, actors, musicians, yeah, all of that. And then the last step of it is you're going to put it up. You're going to go into rehearsal. You're going to go into tech, which is like what I'm in right now. It's like my, my crazy tech season. Between now and March, I'm opening five wow. new national tours. Yeah. It's one, you're, one you're like pre- a
0: sprint and a marathon It all is a sprint one. and a marathon. So it's yeah. like
1: like half of my year is like all prep but at the same time that we're I'm opening all of these shows one that's pre-Broadway very excited about yeah, that we're one Yeah, all
0: very excited. Yeah.
1: Um open all these shows and then I'm already working on shows that are a year and two years away. Yeah. So it's a bit, you know, it's it's a lot but this is like when I'm gone. It's like my travel season. Yeah. So I mean,
0: it's interesting too, just uh, from an outsider's perspective and also being your husband, yep. I get to see all of the, <laughs> so there's like, that's the baseline foundation stuff that he does. But then it's literally almost like chaos management because of the amount of people that you're trying to corral yeah. to one singular goal. And I, I mean, just being your support person, <laughs> um, I have, I've always been like, astounded by how your your finesse of it with people and seeing the different types of people that you work with and how you sort of finesse it in a way to get the best possible outcome every single time, which is pretty freaking cool to watch.
1: Well, you know, it's, um, theater definitely. It comes with a lot of characters. (laughs) And I think just like with a lot of different industries, you know, it's a people business and yes, we're doing art just like we're doing fitness. But at the end of the day, it's really about people and those relationships. And, um, you know, it's like what, you know, going back to that you know Mary Kay Cosmetics thing is she says you know anybody that you approach has a has a sign around their neck that says make me feel important right and so i think that if you have that approach sort of in everything you do, you know, it makes my life good. Mm. Um, it's also crazy. Alan has a, a set of Bose headphones that he puts on. <laughs> I have. A, I really do. I have a you lot know. of calls at home and he was like, you work with crazy people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they all just get very heated. Um, and I just, I'm you like, know, you know what? I'm just going to turn on this noise canceling. It'll be fine. I'm going to listen to Hawaiian music. It'll be great. People
1: are very um, passionate about art for yeah. sure. For and, sure, um, but you know I love it. I wouldn't do it if I didn't. I couldn't think Absolutely. of anything else in the world that I would rather do than you're really in this. You're really and good at it. Well, you're yeah. I so. try. I try. I get better. Yeah. Hey, I'm really excited about today's episode. Me as well. These these two guys that are on with us today. The Bernstein boys, as we call them. <laughs> that sounds be, like a gang. Yeah, I know. Okay. They've become a <laughs> bit of our family down here in Charleston. So when Alan and I moved down to open the gym, mm-hmm. um, about what four months in, mm-hmm. we put out an ad looking for our first staff member. We couldn't really find um, what we wanted here locally because people have jobs and there wasn't anybody Already committed. So we started looking outside of the area, and um, we we ran across this guy named Owen Bernstein um, from uh, Boston in the Cape. Yep. And uh, he came down and spent a week with us and did some interviewing and working out at the gym and it all... uh, And putting up with my shit. Putting up with you, which is, (laughs) I mean... I'm. I, I, yeah, I know about that. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he came down and he started with us last January. Yeah. Um. Incredible coach. Incredible athlete. Uh. And then, uh, about what six <laughs> months after that. <laughs> yeah. His crazy brother joined us down here in Charleston. His name is Isaac. And I thought what was really interesting about this show is, you know, Owen is on this path. He's this athlete. He's accomplished. But I th- also thought, you know, to have Owen on alone is not the complete story. Right. You know, Isaac is a massive part of the story. And he's become a big part of our community. Right. And also to hear something from the perspective of someone that's just starting on the journey, that's just like left the nest, what it's like to go out into the world and make things happen. Right. So we'll be back with Owen and Isaac. Can't wait. Arnstein boys, welcome to the show. So I got a text earlier today It was like, what should we wear? And I was like, do they know it's a <laughs> podcast, not a video? So we told them to wear jock straps and boy, did they deliver. They, yeah,
2: they did. That's all
0: they're wearing
1: right now. <laughs> <laughs> have we gotten your attention?
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't
2: even know why I asked.
3: I? <laughs> I, I, have to be honest. I was kind of interested in the idea myself.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our producer, Lindsay's very excited. It's, yep. it's going well. It is indeed. <laughs> yes. It is.
3: Great Australian accent at the start. We met on the Australian accent there. That's we'll nice. get back into that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be down. <laughs>
0: down. At, oh, I just went Southern. It was a little bit of Australian yeah. and Southern. Um, it's awesome to have you guys on here, and I'm super pumped that you both are here together, just because your two journeys going at once down here in Charleston with us. Um, I wanted to dive in deep with you guys. Um, first, Owen, why Charleston?
2: Why Charleston? Yeah. So about, let's see, two, two and a half years ago, I came down to Charleston for the first time. Um, Dr. Wes Hendricks, who, mm-hmm. uh, if you don't know, you can look him up on Instagram. He's um, a doctor of chiropractic down here, and he does some movement stuff, and he was my best friend from Boston. we have been friends for about seven years. He knew you guys uh, from being down here, and so he said, why don't you come down here and meet Alan and Trinity? And mm-hmm. I'd already been down here probably four times. I helped him move in. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, and moved to the next place. So I'd been down here for weeks at a time and knew okay. I loved it down here. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then so when I met you guys and there was an opportunity um, to do what I love, mm-hmm. it kind of just fell into place like that. So- and I don't like winter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well we, I mean, we don't well, like, like it that's the greatest part yeah, of the Yeah, I think that's here. the first thing that comes to everybody's mind when yeah. they're moving from the northeast.
1: Yeah. that's right. true. I'll so so growing up on Cape Cod, you know, we've talked a lot about it. you were into sports, you're a soccer player. Yeah. What what got you into the fitness side as far as working out? Like what was that what was that day that happened? And tell me a little bit about that that story.
2: Uh so I think, well, I was playing soccer and um I was always on like you know, like the skinnier side, I was probably weighing in like 150 pounds and I was always getting shoved around in the field. Mm-hmm. And then at home, um, it kind of all evolved because nobody really like at our home life, like my mom was a great cook. She always cooked like the same things like lasagna and chicken and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. And, you know, like my dad was not as healthy as he should have been. You know, mm-hmm. he had like high cholesterol levels and all those things. So then I started... Looking into like what we could do as a family to start like being healthier. That's cool. and then from there I started running, and then from running I started doing. I think everybody by this point like the uh, the Planet Fitness P90X kick. Of course, uh, oh yeah. Well, in I was in my basement, looking in the mirror, yeah, doing the bicep curls and the plank push-ups and all those things.
1: <laughs> now, was, was, your, was your P90X a DVD or was it a VHS? Oh no, I,
2: I downloaded it. Oh, you down- oh, yeah. see. oh, See, this download? Is like, yeah. This Are is you millennial? Kidding?
1: This I'm, is millennial generation. I know, I, I'm. Well, yes, I have something to talk about millennials later, but <laughs> like, I remember VHS. Wait, P90X I mean, for VHS? I think so. Yeah. Really? I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I had the DVDs. Yes. DVDs still. Yes. Yeah, I think that's still a
1: thing. Yeah. I'm not the same yeah. age as you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think this was like I think this was a 2011
1: Beachbody version. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So,
0: I think so P, yeah, I think P90X is like yeah. that
2: jumping off point for a lot
0: of people. It is absolutely. Yeah. It,
1: I mean, it, it was like the little window window that a lot of people yeah. started at. Yeah. All those home
2: DVDs, and 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 from there, I went into. Um, a kickboxing class actually, uh, cause my mom was into kickboxing. And from there I met a guy who was open. I would crossfit love to watch Alice do kickboxing. Yeah. I we have to my see My mom, that. Mary Alice Bernstein. Yeah. Yes. She was good at it. She she'll was kick some it. ass, baby. She I guarantee ass. you she'll yes, kick I some know. ass. <laughs> yeah. And she, uh, she, from there I met a guy who was doing CrossFit and yeah, that's so the whole journey began kind of with health and stuff at home and the running and then playing soccer and evolved from there.
1: So you went, when you went into the gym for the first time, tell me about that first experience and what that was like.
2: <laughs> when, I went, when I went to the CrossFit gym for the yeah, first time, yeah. Yeah. coming from B90X, I could not squat. I could not hold a PVC pipe over my head. Yeah, I don't know if I had more than three strict unbroken pull-ups. Yep, um, You had three strict unbroken pull-ups?
0: Maybe. With, uh,
2: I didn't even have... I couldn't even... I, I didn't even have ring rows. <laughs> P90X. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I uh, I think I did uh, PVC overhead squats for about uh, two months and yep. wall squats for about two months yeah. before I even touched a barbell. Yeah. yeah I just had no range of motion whatsoever. It was an interesting experience. A very humbling experience. Yeah. I was good on the soccer field, but it was totally different.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Isaac... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac was a little nervous here. He's like, I'm really sweaty. And I got like, he's got a lot of sweats right now. now. So I was like, yeah. t- take a deep breath. We're good. We're good. We're trying. So, you grew up on the Cape as well? Yes, on the cod. On the cod. Talk to me about boxing. So,
3: freshman year of high school, Owen and all my parents, or all my parents, both my oh, parents. There, <laughs> well, there's something I don't something know. Excited over the summer break, I guess. Uh, no, but freshman year, Owen and my parents wanted me to start CrossFit. Yeah. And I had stepped in the gym, and it was more of like what they wanted uh, mm-hmm. versus what I had wanted at the time. I wasn't mm-hmm. really sure, and so I tried it for a week, and I really wasn't the biggest fan of it. It w- once again, I was pursuing like what they wanted me to do and not what I wanted to do myself. Yep, totally. So. <clears throat> so I stopped doing that. And then one year later, uh, junior year started, and I was thinking to myself, like, I'm a very aggressive person to begin with, okay? <laughs> I, have, I think I might have a little bit of anger issues. So and I saw like it's funny because you'll look at people that have so much money and so much success and everything, and you're and you wanna be them or you wanna be like them. Yeah. So I was watching T V and I see the news talking about Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. you know, how he's like, I think at this time, 48 and 0, and yeah. the Manny Pacquiao fight happened a couple years before this and how much money he's making and through the sport of boxing. Yeah. And I was like, well, it's aggressive, it takes the anger <laughs> you out, take your anger you out. get the punch stuff. <laughs> what could be more fun <laughs> you than that? He would this? come home from
2: boxing practice and sleep for like three hours. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure.
3: So then I went to my mom and said, hey, I'm interested in starting in the sport of boxing. Is this a possibility that, you know, you'd allow me to do? Cause growing up she'd be no hockey, no football, <laughs> no nothing. Because she goes, you want all your teeth when you're older, you want to be <laughs> able to move and everything.
2: She wasn't a fan of contact so sports. So I,
3: after a little bit of begging and convincing, she, uh, had recommended me to once again, Lloyd Rice, the, yep. Guy that got Owen started got in CrossFit. Started on CrossFit. He knew boxing. Was a trainer. Cool. His son was a national. I want to yeah. say karate yep. champion yep. when he was yep. younger. That's cool. So he was, he was a, a guy he to go to one
2: or two in the world. His son at like from ages seven to uh, eight, nine, ten years old Amazing. before he stopped. Huh.
3: Like like world like world and national like
2: around. Like that's cool and karate. Yeah,
3: insane. And so she she texted him for me and set up. My first class with him went in not knowing how to do anything. Mm-hmm. The whole first class was learning my foot movement and well, call it stance and jabs and rights. I was like a bear with no feet, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. an analogy or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did not know what I was doing. But in my mind, when I don't know how to do something, I'm very interested in learning how. Yeah. In a visual stance and actually being able to do it yourself. makes me very interested in the sport so i took off from there and i loved it i kept going back and back and back until i could learn the movements the stands like everything to down pat and lloyd was awesome with it great like i don't regret a thing going to boxing and i loved it and that's how it just started that's awesome and Isaac and i no longer battle it out in that house Yeah, (laughs) and
1: point yeah (laughs) so Owen when you were when you were in the box yeah. working out and you got better and your technique came along yep. and your strength numbers gained when was the first time that you said you know what I'm gonna put my hand at a competition <laughs> when, when should I like That's step a, out I, on the floor
2: I actually I love telling this this is uh, really funny and actually you can look back on Facebook I think it was 2000 I want to say either 2013 or 2014. It was called the ECC Championships in yeah, Boston. Yeah, absolutely, it was yeah. Ben Bergeron's yeah, first first, players, first competition yeah. that he yeah. put on. It was at the Reggie Lewis Track and Field Center in um, on Roxbury. Yeah, uh, and it was my first. I had done some local competitions, um, and I always one thing that I always did was I always put myself in the highest category, even if I didn't have. Five unbroken muscle ups, whatever it was. I always did the highest category because I want always wanted to see where I was relative to the best guys. Yeah, and that's how I've always done it. So when I entered the ECC. Yeah. In 2014, or I'm, I might be off on the year, but um, I'm pretty sure I got dead last. It was my <laughs> biggest com- biggest. I think there was 99 guys, I might have got 97th. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, and I was stoked because I beat two people. Exactly. My biggest <laughs> competition of exactly. the year. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And so I took that as a win. You know, like to you know I. So, uh, and that from there kind of sparked the interest and Matt Frazier won that competition. That was kind of like the beginning of Matt Frazier's streak. Oh, wow. He won that, then won the ECC the following year, then qualified for the games the year after that. And just seeing that progression of a guy of that nature, just mm-hmm. go through that progression and guys from that comp who followed in his footsteps, yep. um, I was like, well, I might be, you know, five years behind what Matt Frazier is, but it yep. kind of just sparked that, well, he got to that point, so... Why can't I take five years and get to the same point that he was at and then be that guy who's winning those competitions and right. you know, not coming in ninety-seventh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> first. It, yeah. Yeah. It was first in my head. <laughs> I love that. So after that, you you said this is what I want to do and I wanna pursue yeah, this. I,
2: yeah, after that I said, No, I wanna do this competitively and then I wanna do it eventually from a coaching perspective. I got, you know, into college and through college and you know having a job is hard but being a part-time coach offered that flexibility and so i went and got my crossfit level one my usaw weightlifting and uh, i started working um, a little bit with lloyd before i moved to college at uh-huh. lloyd's gym coaching classes i coached beginners classes so foundations yeah uh, people who had just never even done fitness before and coached yep. that for about a, a year and a year and a half before i moved to college and then coached at Reebok back bay uh which is now in boston for for five years. and But starting at Lloyd's Gym and working with beginners and people who had never done fitness, I think that really carried into wanting to coach more. Right. Like, it wasn't coaching people who already had been doing it. It would be coaching people who had just had no idea. Like, just like me, who just had no idea what they were doing. Right. Couldn't squat, couldn't do a pull-up, yeah. and then coming in and being like, oh, I can do this. And then having some of those people still be there, right. you know, when I go back and visit home now, like, they started with me and they're still yeah. there. That's yeah. pretty cool to see. They're still there six, seven years later. That's yeah. the thing that sort of solidifies it for me too is
0: those i call it light bulb moments yeah. for everybody right when people start making connections and then getting stronger because mechanics and all of the and their fitness levels are increasing it's pretty cool to yeah watch. and
2: so it's, it's really cool to see and um yeah that's just that's kind of what sparked the interest competitively and then um with the coaching as well
1: yeah, and you found success, right? This will be. Yeah. We're coming up on the 2020 Open. Mm-hmm. You've done the Open how many times now? Gosh,
2: 2012 was my first one. We did the workout the other day in the gym. Yeah, um, the snatch
1: one. Yeah, um, for
2: those who are listening, who who did the workout it was the 30, 30, 30 of snatches. That was my second ever
1: uh, CrossFit Open workout. What? My first one was a seven minutes of burpees. So, those of you that don't know what the CrossFit Open yeah. is, it's a once a year. Competition across every CrossFit affiliate in In the the world world, Mm -hmm. does a series. Right now, they do do five workouts in Mm -hmm. a series of five weeks, and you log your scores online, Mm -hmm. and you see how you rank against people across the world. And it's for people that are competitive like Owen is, and it's also for people that just want to be fit and healthy, just to see where they're at on their fitness journey against sort of the rest of the world. Yeah. But what happens out of the open, the top part of the open gets to go on to mm-hmm. the CrossFit games, which is like the pinnacle, of, pinnacle yeah. of the sport of CrossFit. And then also now they can qualify for sanctionals out mm-hmm. of the open. So we've seen this like constant improvement mm-hmm. of you as an athlete over the years throughout the mm-hmm. open. And then, you know, you coming down to Charleston, what what part of that journey and continuation of your competitive mm-hmm. career was appealing to you for coming to Charleston into Rhapsody?
2: Yeah, I think I was just, you know, I did the, uh, I think when I started becoming competitive after that whole experience with the ECC and then doing more big competitions, um, I became really interested in like the games was a goal Mm -hmm, and I was going to get there no matter what it took. Yeah. So then going to Boston, I ended up on a team and we had a good enough team. It was a great team. And we got, we placed, I think, uh, third at the Northeast Regional in 2016, Mm -hmm. which sent us off to the CrossFit Games as a team. It's awesome. Um, and from there, I was like, that kind of sparked my interest, in like, I want to do this by myself. Yeah. Like, I right. loved the team thing, but I wanted to go as an individual to the CrossFit Games from 2016 on. So then I needed to find a way, find like a path that was a supportive path towards me going to the CrossFit Games as an individual and coming down to Rhapsody and you know being introduced to Alan and you Trinity. It was like kind of a like eye opening, like wow, like there is like a lot of support in going down that path cuz it is a what do we call it a rabbit hole, a yeah. rabbit hole. it's a rabbit hole yeah. of training it's on the rabbit it hole you rabbit know cuz <laughs> there is so there's so many things you have to fine tune that yep. you Well, it's all on your shoulders, right? Yeah, yeah. there's,
0: yeah, versus a team, like with an individual, you have, there's so many different layers to it. Yes, which I mean,
1: it's a a recurring theme here on the show, at least. We talk about, you know, when there's something that you want to accomplish, you got to surround yourself with the right people. 100%. And I
2: actually, and that was one of my things that I I was talking about with somebody the other day is just surrounding yourself with people that are on the same mission as you. Absolutely. It is Mm -hmm. like the most important thing you can do. If you're surrounded by people who don't uh, believe in what you're doing or are on the same path as you, then you're going to start to believe that you can't do that. Yeah. And I, and I will, and <laughs> Owen and I are very close uh, <laughs> because coach and athlete and we,
0: uh <clears throat> I I coach, <throat> athlete, athlete boss, boss, all the above. All the yeah. above. Um, and I will say that like, I've been thinking about this too, that you and I, I, I don't want to say butt heads a lot, but we definitely are very passionate yes. about what we're doing on either either ends, and so when that passion meets each mm-hmm. other, I'm finding it's getting better about how we're mm-hmm. navigating it. But in the beginning, I was extremely excited about for you, and you were extremely excited about what yeah. you were doing too. And we um, learning how to be a better leader. I think um, I've been learning through this process with you, and yeah. it's been it's been an am Incredibly
2: thankful, and it's been a cool experience for me because Alan comes from a background of Broadway, where he was there for you know for fourteen years, and yeah, had like the pressure of being backstage and yeah. all these things, and having going out and having one job, yeah. and not you li- literally can't fuck it up. Yeah. You have one job. I mean, but
0: that's what I used. Yeah. Like when we would be at competitions, yeah. I would we would be back in like the warm up area, and I would every single time I'd be like, oh, and this is like being backstage yeah. in the theater right now. You right. are about to go on and put a performance on, and yeah. and it's like.
2: And just the way people would act,
0: he said. And, and you understand,
1: yeah. coming from theater, all the mental side of that, you oh, know, the preparation yeah. And, yeah. Right. And, and keeping yourself in the zone, absolutely. And the people
2: around you. Yeah. I remember when we were in London, you said, wow, the people are back here just like when I was backstage Broadway because the way they act, people are in their own bubbles. They don't yeah, really want to talk totally. to you. Some are friendly, some are talkative, and it all starts to like play with your head and you have to figure out ways just to kind of zone it out, that. do yeah. what you're going to do, and then be able to perform, which is... You know, very similar to what he yeah. had to do from that side of things. So,
1: sure. Isaac, Owen came down here last year. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yes. the story goes that, you know, you you started showing interest in joining him down here in Charleston. So what was going on at the Cape that sort of made you want to, to, to make this move? And Nothing then, was going on on the Cape. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I heard no. you were really good at video games. So, oh, oh, okay. we're getting oh. that now, huh? <laughs>
3: Um As speaking it, of nationally ranked, mm-hmm. we'll get into that right now, I guess. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what's your game Con, of choice? On the Cape Cod, <laughs> right? Um, I, I want to say I was maybe seven years old when Ethan, our oldest brother, and yeah. Owen, got like our first Xbox, I want to say. And Ethan put me on it right away. He started playing with me. We all we, we would all play like MLB or something like we, that. We would
2: have been people listening... If you know what a land party is? A land no. Oh. So we would have land parties in our basement of like six to twelve friends. Yeah.
3: And we'd set up we'd the set big up big white plastic tables. Like the ones we have meetings tell on. Them the how, tell them how it worked. How, how so we, we it. would set up these big <laughs> white plastic tables, yeah. as Owen said, and E- all Ethan's friends would come, Owen's friends would come, and yeah. we'd have a bunch of chairs. Everyone would bring their Xboxes, computers. We'd set up 12 TVs. Order pizza. Order pizza. Order pizza. Owen would probably be eating a bowl or of man, chocolate bite. chip or ice cream. Or in bagel in bag. bites. Bagel bites were popular. Oh, those too. were good too. <laughs> and so everyone would be sitting down there. Yeah. All screaming at their TVs. Yeah. My mom was probably upstairs saying we're crazy. Yeah. And. <laughs> The, we all pro- playing the
2: same game,
3: so we different.
2: We all
0: play the yeah. same game. We'd all lobby uh, up together, okay. lobby
3: up as in, yeah, all getting the same, yeah, in the same lobby, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all get in the same lobby and play together, and it would just be. I mean, it, it was fun. It was what yeah. kids do, middle schoolers, and yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I played Chutes and Ladders. See, we. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Oh my <laughs> freaking
3: god! I, I played Candyland. Oh, uh, uh, on the TV. No. Okay, see we oh, had no. the digital Candyland. Oh yeah. Digital, no. Yeah, you yeah, know he played it on, a, you
2: know, like board yeah, board an actual
3: cardboard. So, so you got cardboard. really good. No. Yeah, so <laughs> growing up I just continued playing and it it got like I want to say it wasn't it like I feel it can be an addiction. I think they actually said it can. Yeah. And so I would come home from school and play <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they said it can. So I would come home from school and yeah. play 14 hours a day. 14. I'd be playing 14 hours Out a of day. The t- 24.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. How, and, where did you? When did you sleep? So that's
3: the thing. I oh, I got in a really mm-hmm. bad habit of uh-huh. going to bed at 3 a.m. Three, wake, three. Having to wake up at 7 a.m. Here you go to school. Okay, have four, four, four hours of sleep. Okay. So four and hours of sleep. Yeah. So I just continued it. I actually loved it. It was like a passion of mine to keep playing the games because it was something I enjoyed. I wasn't really much of a going out person at this time, mm-hmm. and I did something instead that just like kind of made me what happy and like what I wanted to do for. Yeah, you know, joy or whatever excitement, you know, PG 13. But so, tell me about your accomplishments. So, after playing a lot, I wanted to get in the competitive scene. I'm a very competitive person, yep. So, there was this site online that's called Game Battles, and you'd sign up, you'd put in all your information, and you would schedule games with other people. And there was a thing called a singles ladder, like a ladder, like a a competition ladder and it, this one was singles ladder you would go into a game and play people one on one yeah and you'd work to the top of the uh leaderboard that they would have online mm-hmm. so i play like 40 games a day probably against other people and eventually to the point where my record on uh the leaderboard online for one on one north america uh xbox yeah. was number 1
1: wow so and i just loved it and that's I incredible. really number one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not two, really, not really I, I took, I took this guy to a pizza joint a few weeks ago and there was a pinball machine and it was like, oh, Holy shit. Oh, I was, it was. War. Yeah. I, and I, Alan Trinity thought they were good at. I pinball. thought I was, I was
0: like, I got 2000. And then this bitch over here got like 15.7
2: million.
0: million. Yeah, it was, was
1: ridiculous. Like, it was, I was ridiculous. I'm like, down pinball machine. Yeah. No. Well, Trinity created this list <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, I created time, the list of everything I'm going to beat Isaac at.
3: Yeah. So, he creates this list that he's gonna beat me at every time. <laughs> so, it started Isaac, with bowling. And yeah. uh, luckily, I had Owen on my team to oh my God. throw the balls yeah. down the lane yeah, for me Lisa. and actually yeah, hit Isaac's the pins. not the bowler. I'm not the bowler of family, okay. Uh, so, he counted that as a win for him. Uh-huh. And he, I think, in the middle of the night, randomly sends a checklist to me <laughs> on, the, on text message and checks off what Trinity Wheeler can beat Isaac Bernstein at bowling. <laughs> and there's other activities on there like, Put they call it putt putt down here, but yeah, we mini call golf. It mini golf. Mini yeah, golf. he thinks he's good at it. He thinks he's good at it. I've he's kind of backed out a couple times. He thinks he's he never he beat me beats me. At mini really, buck. it's not. Yeah, true.
1: it's not true. So, case. what was appealing to Charleston? Like, what made you say, "I've, I've got to do something"? Well, so hmm, I love this. Uh,
3: <laughs> I was doing nothing after high school. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting, probably still playing video games, watching TV. I'm a big movie guy. Love movies. Yeah, watch them all, uh, and. My parents were like, "Okay, time to get out of the fucking house now." Yeah, <laughs> so, I I like, actually, that's right. actually uh, how I they say it, it too. Yeah, yeah that's how actually, they say yeah. it. It's kind of much like worse. That. than yeah. that, <laughs> but I wanted to keep it a little censored. Yeah, no, yeah, that's and, how my dad uh, would say, like, when you "Get into here, the fuck out of the house." Yeah, yeah, he'd yeah. Say, all the time. Pack yeah. your shit and get out. That's what he'd say.
2: That's what he would say. So, like wake up from a nap from the chair and be like, "Pack your shit and get out."
3: <laughs> right? Yeah, it that's really what exactly what he would say. And yeah. he would
2: say-
3: <laughs> Owen moved down here, and Ethan was in the city. Our oldest brother, once again, lives in Boston. Boston, yep. yeah. And I was never a city guy. I would visit them, and I hated it. I hated all the people feeling mm-hmm. like you're trapped. And mm-hmm. you just... I To me, if it's like you, you're you not unique. Like, you're unique everywhere, but you're not, like, yourself in the city. Because mm-hmm. there's just so many people and no one to pay attention to, like, yeah. individually. And so... I was more of a suburb country kind of guy, and yeah. Owen had moved down here, and my parents were, and Owen was looking for new place. His lease was coming up, and he said he'd met some amazing people down here, <laughs> aka you two oh. and all our friends that we have now. And my parents said to me, you know, why don't you just go adventure with Owen and see how that goes. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You walk, you go down there and you don't like it, you can always come back. It's one year, you're young. I'm 19. Yeah. I ha- still have life ahead of me. Yeah. So, let's make the adventures now. Trials if there's mistakes, we'll fix them later. Yeah. So, I the idea came Owen started looking for apartments. We argued a little bit here and there because, you know, he wants this, <laughs> I want that, I we can't missed out live in a couple good ones there. We missed mm-hmm. out on a <laughs> lot of good ones. We uh, put ourselves <laughs> in a bad one at the moment, <laughs> but uh,
1: <laughs> it's all truth. Here. There's just a uh, little yeah, more yeah, there. Truth. That's it. And um,
3: <laughs> so I then started gathering all the supplies and I'm very OCD and organized about what I have so I'm at home making checklists for CVS and BJ's and stop and shop I want six towels when I come down four face cloths four hand towels I need two deodorants three soaps four shampoos everything I have the list still probably I shut my phone off but uh um so then my mom's helping me get this list and I'm pretty sure my dad doesn't know till this day that she bought all this stuff for me because he would kill me and uh hopefully he's So I I have a question
0: for you. And the reason why I'm so both intrigued by you um, and also... uh, just thankful that you're down here. Um, he uh, Isaac is now working at Rhapsody CrossFit. He's our facilities manager and uh, member relationship mm-hmm. uh, re- member relations. Um, and I'm so thankful that you're there. But I also y- talking about like your gaming and talking about your boxing. And and you one you're a very passionate person and yeah. you're a very driven person. Mm-hmm. And when and now you you've gotten the CrossFit bug too. Yeah, I see it yeah, happening it at me. the at the gym, which I'm very excited about. Um. But I, I love to always ask this question of five years from now, where do you see yourself? Like what, how how do you, how do you see your life? What are you doing? What, what's your career? What are, what, like, think of, like, give us, give us an insight into like,
3: what are you looking forward to five years from now? So, um, I think starting off, don't forget about your Lamborghini. Yeah, so <laughs> me and I would have this financial thing where like if we save two hundred dollars every what week or something, yeah, yeah, we yeah. can buy a Lamborghini in six years. <laughs> and uh, we also so, used to have a
2: bet when we were younger that the first person to reach well, third, re- the, re- the re- person who's gonna reach an X amount of money in um, in savings owed the other one a car.
3: So that's still going too. He has to turn thirty five for that. to yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah like the loser like so the st- loser of the bet we still got right. time so anyway of
0: starting off with the loser of the bet has to buy the other person the car yeah, like, yeah. but they're not gonna have money to buy the car yeah, i know it's a stupid bet. It, it
3: was like see this is what you put a 14 year old and this is what happens oh god okay keep so going like, anyway everyone starts off with like you're asking me this i'm 19 you know i'm not going to school right now but in everyone's head, five years from now, you wish you were rich. You wish you had this, you, the lifestyle you want to live. And and you can also dream that too and have the dreams. But in, you have to think reality sometimes. And for me, it's, yes, I'm a big daydreamer. I'll stare off and think about the future and think about how Owen says I'll be driving a Lamborghini and, you know, hopefully that does come true. But at the moment, I think I put myself in a very good position um, very good position. Luckily finding you, Trinity and Alan to take me in. And now you're my uncles and probably tax write-offs too.
0: And <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Your bitch ass is going to be taking care of me when I'm old. Okay? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> right. I will
3: probably put you in a nursing home. Oh, to be honest, Okay.
0: I oh, um, remember
3: that. This is so taped, just so you're aware. And that's uh, on record. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. There's a lot off record though. <laughs> um, so I would, uh, I'm a very big uh, like business thinker in my head. I want to be in control of stuff. I want to, I want to, I want to be behind the scenes, behind the numbers. I want to know what's going on. I want to help make the plans, the schedules, the you know, just helping the main project go down. Yeah. And right now, even though we're starting off with you know cleaning the gym or getting the member services in and yeah. all this stuff, I like you guys said to me down the road could is painting. we're painting a big picture right now mm-hmm. and we've only painted a portion of this picture yeah. and it takes time to finish the actual you know painting yeah so as we're doing this yep i'm growing with the picture and i think as long as we keep it going and everything stays well which it is i think everything's on the right path i'm fully committed into the rhapsody brand at this point i don't leave yeah. the house without rhapsody on me <laughs> <He> is fact <laughs>
1: He's the best ambassador ever. right now.
2: I think out of all of you us, you should see this uh, rhapsody
1: strap he's got over here. Oh mm-hmm. my god! He okay. is a little. He's sticking to the bench though, next to me. Yeah, oh, oh, sweat
3: down, <laughs> sweat down my ass right now. Really <laughs> <laughs> making me stick to the bench. No, <laughs> but but, I,
0: yeah. I mean I will say I will say your journey right now is very similar to Trinity's journey when he started off in theater when you were 19, right? Going on your first uh, national tour. And then from there, uh, I mean, I'm a firm believer in... Becoming successful doesn't necessarily mean that you need to to have a uh, four uh, year college education and right. like having life experience in the field that you are going after, or even not having putting one hundred percent into whatever you're doing at all times leads ultimately to something else and something for uh, moving you forward.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew Isaac was, was my guy when I heard the story that, you know, his mom used to go to Costco and buy... I don't know. Do they know this? Does yeah.
2: Allison your
0: yeah. uh, know this story? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, My
1: mom she's, knows my dad. She's going to know it now. You know. So.
2: I have way more stories than that, Dude, This is just the <laughs> so, top of the You know, his mom
1: goes here. to Costco, buys cases of gum yep. for the house, packs of gum. Well, Isaac starts stuffing those gums in his backpack and sell them for $10 each at school. <laughs> Right, and I think what's the story? And knew, I think those packs, you knew it, it had like, gotten out of hand, like when a teacher.
3: Oh, I knew it had gotten out of hand when I'm What'd sitting they call in you? class. Oh, for uh, the gum plug. The p- gum plug. The gum, the gum, gum plug. plug. At, but I'm at, at school. <laughs> Isaac Bernstein. The I'm, gum plug. I'm sitting in class, and I know it's out of hand when a teacher walks up to me with money in her hand and goes, "I can't let that student get up, but he wants to buy gum from you." <laughs> <laughs> so she gives me the change for a piece, right? Fifty cents a piece. Oh, yeah. 50. <laughs> Well, 50 cents isn't going to buy the guy a pack. Now, what yeah. are we going to do? Lose money? Yeah, no. exactly. So 50 cents a piece. <laughs> and I knew I had that gone out of hand at this point. So then I just kind of became like the generous gum guy. Yeah. Okay, I'd give gum. I was a very generous person. Gum, you need some food. I, I, my mom packed me snacks. I'll give you food or whatever. You know, I turned yeah, into a nice guy. I,
1: I knew he was the guy, for sure. The gum plug, maybe. The gum plug. The gum plug. <laughs> so, so, Owen, like I was saying earlier, we have... The 2020 Open ahead, what's the goal? What, the cross- what's the goal for this year, and what's the goal for five years?
2: The goal yeah. for this year is the CrossFit Games.
1: Right? Absolutely.
2: Yes. The goal for five years is top five of the CrossFit Games.
1: All right. I think that's a good goal. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think so. Oh, and when, when people search online and they search, you know, someone sitting at home that's, you know, perhaps not been in the gym, sitting on the sofa... Mm-hmm. They said, you know, I want to get into some fitness. I go online and I search and I come across mm-hmm. CrossFit. What they're going to see when they come across mm-hmm. CrossFit, they're going to see people that look like you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what Owen looks like, he'll give you your Instagram here at the end. <laughs> <laughs> For most people, Owen, that's really intimidating. And they hear about competition and that's intimidating. Yeah. You yeah. Know, they don't want to be in that competitive setting. But CrossFit really is two different worlds. Mm-hmm. There is the world of, of competitive CrossFit, the CrossFit Games, and that journey. And there's also the methodology of CrossFit, which us, Alan and I, and you guys here, we feel very strongly that mm-hmm. it's the, the smartest methodology to mm-hmm. take someone from the sofa to being fit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what would you say to that person that's out there that, that, that's searching for an outlet that come across CrossFit that makes it accessible for anyone? I think if you're somebody who who just you know the thing is that like anybody
2: uh, anybody can do CrossFit mm-hmm. because the thing about CrossFit is that it's kind of uh, deviated itself into so many different areas of fitness that just because it says crossfit doesn't mean that it is what we do competitively and mm-hmm. i think that's what a lot of people see the mix up but really like if you go to your high intensity boot camp classes you go to your your sweat classes at all these different you know little local gyms yep. what you're going to see is them pulling from crossfit totally. they're doing burpees they're doing box jumps they're doing box step ups they're doing plank walkouts they're doing shoulder taps things like that all things that we incorporate in a day. So if you're somebody who's just wants to get in, like get in shape and get fit, and you come start taking our CrossFit classes, you're going to get in shape and get fit the same way you're going to do at a boot camp class. Yep. You're not going to lift a barbell every day of the week. You're not going to deadlift 500 pounds. You're not going to, you know, you're going to flip tires, and you can see it on our website. Like we throw, we throw the tires in there once every you know a couple of weeks, and we do it we do it outside. And I think if you let that intimidate you, then you're not going to like see the picture as a whole. That it's all, all these things are going into this one thing called CrossFit, but they're all, everybody can do them all. Yep. Anybody at home can get up and they can do an air squat and use their, so and use their sofa and do reverse lunges Mm -hmm. on their sofa. They can do pushups in their living room. They can do sit-ups in their living room. That's all the things that we're doing, but we're doing it in a group, in a community setting so that you feel motivated and you feel, um, Like, you're part of something at the same time. And it keeps everybody on the same path as well. I think that's just like, yeah.
1: And and what I think is also so important to remember about the competitive side is, you know, there's not Little League if the Red Sox don't exist. Yes. You know, there's not, <laughs> I love that you went with Red Sox instead yeah. <laughs> of the
0: Yankees because well, of the guys from the Cape Cod area. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, New York. But it's the same thing, you know, Yankees. <laughs> yeah.
1: there,
2: there, there, <laughs>
1: there, <laughs> there wouldn't be high school football if there wasn't the NFL. You it's know, so true. And you have to have those people to look up to. And that's why I think the competitive side of, of our industry mm-hmm. is so important. I think so And too. such a part of the fabric and needs to be embraced. Yeah. And what you do, I think, is incredible. Because yeah. you got to have somebody to look up to. You got to have somebody to look after and to chase, no matter where you are on your journey. Absolutely.
2: There's always, in every sport, there's always, you know, whether it's gymnastics, whether it's running, there's always somebody who's running a four minute mile. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I'm not running a four minute mile. Yeah. That doesn't mean I shouldn't go out and run. Exactly. Do you, you know what I mean, and I think that's exactly. the way people need to start looking at things. Is like you, there's there's the people that are the best of the best because that's what they're training to do. Totally. I'm training to go to the CrossFit Games. That doesn't mean that everybody at this table should train like I do. Totally, because at some points maybe it might not seem healthy, but it's healthy for me because I'm taking the proper steps in order to do so.
1: Same and thing, Tr- you know. Trinity.
0: And, and you and I have talked about it too. Like, there's the difference between the brand and marketing of CrossFit yes. and then the methodology of CrossFit. Totally. There's data. There, there's data that backs up CrossFit. Right. We are. We're constantly looking for measurable, repeatable data that then we can repeat at a later date to see if we got fitter, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I love what we're doing on a daily basis because I find that, you know, we can do a CrossFit workout on Monday, and then two months from now, we yes. can repeat that same workout, the same stimulus, same everything, and see how much, uh, how many more rounds
2: you yeah. got, or how f- much faster and, you did it. And that's what makes us unique, too. Right? And that's what makes us, you know, different from like the, it, the boot camps and all that stuff. Is that you come into us, and you're going to see these repeatable, measurable variables, yeah, and which you can always, you know, track your progress.
0: And it also takes it away from. Um, People looking at the scale, mm-hmm. right? Yes. That's the biggest thing that I always talk to my personal clients with, and even people at the gym. At, at I talk to clients. Like, people are like, "Man, I just, you know, I haven't actually looked at the at the at the, um, the scale in a long time." And I was like, "Good." I was like, "But I don't know if I'm losing weight." And I said, "So, uh, it's about." Your performance. Mm-hmm. It's about, mm-hmm. are you feeling better on a daily basis? Are you, is, are things becoming easier? Are you walking up five, five flights of stairs, yeah. you being able to go and throughout the entire day, not have to take a nap in the middle of the day. Right. Like those are, those are performance goals that like yeah. ultimately, Yes, you're going to look better naked, but in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. you're also going to be able to kayak and hike when you're in your 60s and 70s. Absolutely. and I
2: think that yeah, I think that's the most important thing that people need to take away from it.
1: Yeah. yeah. So switching gears just a little bit. Yeah. So you know, there's a there's a lot going on in the world now, and um, you know whether that be you know gun violence, um, the opioid crisis, especially mm-hmm. up in the New England area where you guys are from. But one thing when I look at you two guys as brothers, I think about parenting. Yep. And, you know, to to (laughs) sit here and and listen to you speak. Not us taking care of you guys. (laughs) Not not us. We're (laughs) talking about your family. Although you are a tax write-off. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, what did your parents instill in you? Um, that, that that really put you on these paths to be driven, to go out there and want to make a difference and to accomplish things. I, I, you want to start on this? Yeah, okay. I think,
2: yeah, I think so. My dad, uh, and it's funny that you guys mentioned uh, college and four-year degree. My, my dad never, my dad, I think, barely made it through high school. I mean, he was like, he kind of grew up, um, you know, just like one of those kids that always be outside and, do, and just doing things. Hands-on. Hey, very hands-on. Very on, hands-on. Hands Did not sit in class very well. Um and just, you know, couldn't, like, absorb the information. Never went to college. And now is one of the most, you know, successful, you know, like, contractors, you know, builds uh, homes on the Cape and the outer mm-hmm. Cape and um, and stuff like that. And, you know, from there, he kind of instilled in us that as long as you just go out. And as we grew up, he said, just get a job. Work. Mm-hmm. He did and not, do he, he not go say, a day without a job. Yeah. He didn't care what it was. Yeah. He literally would tell us, he said, go down to the grocery store. Go. You know, go down, do the car wash, whatever it is, and just get some type of job, as many different jobs as you possibly can. And so that's what... I especially me and I know Isaac's still like a couple years behind me, so he's still kind of in the process of doing that, and he's already doing that with you guys. Yeah, of course. And he is, you know, he I'm running his
3: ass around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. He said (laughs) when we moved down here, do not waste your time, get your ass a job. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. and that's you know that's and that's what he always did growing up, and he was a good example of that. I think my dad probably had like 50 different jobs before he decided he wanted to start his own Mm -hmm. business. Right. You know, he worked at the fish market. He used to take fish out of the boats, skin them, and, you know, do, you know the pancake man. The pancake man. He used to flip pancakes. He worked at a gas station. Wow. You know, he'd be the guy who filled up your tank. Yep. You'd tip them. Uh, I mean, uh, there's countless. You both things. worked at a kennel? We both worked at oh, a kennel, nice. yeah. Our, our grandfather has a, a veterinary clinic and kennel on the Cape, so I worked there for five different summers. I landscaped for three different summers. I bus tables. I host. I serve. That was
0: actually a, a big thing that sold me. When we talked on the yeah. on the phone f- the very first time, um, I re- won't ever forget that conversation.
2: Oh, because I had just come back from my landscaping job. Yeah, and, and I, was I was talking like, to you.
0: You were doing landscaping, and I was like, <laughs> oh, "Wow, okay. This is I I I don't know. It's just there's something about like a person that's not afraid to work. You know, yeah. that's like and and put a hundred percent in. So yeah. so
1: having all those jobs, what did it teach you? What 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 did you take from that? So. I was actually a little different than Owen.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up with a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't want to get a job. I would want to work. I want the money as satisfaction. But I was afraid to put myself out there and mess up and have, you know, the other people or the coworkers or boss look at me and say, oh, you know, you messed up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I would stick to stuff that's comfortable working at the kennel. Gunplug. The gum plug. (laughs) But no, (laughs) making income working at the kennel for my grandfather. And I'd feel comfortable there because, you know, it's a friendly environment, family and whatever. And another job would be landscaping with who Owen landscaped Mm -hmm. with. And then near the end, before moving down here, I landscaped for my dad Mm -hmm. all situations I felt comfortable in. Mm -hmm. He would be so mad at me when I wouldn't work, (laughs) but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. If I was going to start a job, it'd be sweat. I would be sweating like crazy every morning, you yeah. know, and I just couldn't do that. So uh, I then was luckily able to come down, and <laughs> right away, you guys made me feel like at home. I think Lewis's barbecue was just an yeah. automatic conversation with so Alan. Good, by yeah. the way. And then is- the next night, yeah. I had had five guys yeah. already, and I get a phone call from Owen saying, Hey, we just got done cleaning the gym. Do you wanna come to dinner with me and Trinity? And I said, I want to meet Trinity. Yeah, I just had five guys, <laughs> but I'll come. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, I'm pretty sure I did not finish my dinner that night, but yeah. I just loved it. And I, I love you guys now to this yeah. day. And I think I loved you right when I met you. And I thank you very much for the opportunity you've and, given me. And,
2: and yeah. also, I think that like, I
3: think it's also helped your, the anxiety too. Most definitely. I think Is, the community itself, like I think Rhapsody ha- has one of the best community and friendly environments that mm-hmm. I've ever stepped foot into. And I mm-hmm. really believe that. And yeah, that's I awesome. And I love
2: it. Yeah, you don't have to be afraid to, like, be who you are when you come down. And I think that's, like, he, you know, like, he accepted kind of, like, what he was and what he, you know, what he had and hadn't done and just mm-hmm. kind of, like.
3: Yeah. Kind of looked at it as a fresh start, too, yeah. like a fresh slate. No one down here knew me, so all my first impressions were mm-hmm. new. I,
0: I feel like, too, because uh, I, talking about pressure and, and feeling uh, anxiety, I feel like I've been watching you, um Process your anxiety since being down here, both yeah. from like learning how to to be in a job setting that is not your family, right? Right. Having to put up with my shit, right? And then also like for <laughs> like for example, like we just recently went through a hurricane here, oh, um, yeah. and watching you process your anxiety and actually come out on top was pretty awesome to watch. And I think that I I know that I've dealt with a major anxiety in my life, um, and it really is just like. You have to just fucking hit it on. Uh, hit. You have to you somehow
3: have to. break through the wall that's holding you back. Totally. Yeah. Once you do that, it it's,
1: it creates a spark, and yep, you just from there. I like that. You move on. So Isaac, you know, you're it's killing horrible. it in the gym now. You, Isaac said to me, he said, "Trinity, my goal is to beat my brother." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that bet I
2: made? Uh, we have a five hundred dollar. Oh, bet. a five hundred dollar bet. Oh, it's, it's always money. no longer a car, right? Yeah, it's no, five hundred dollars. The first
1: time the that first Isaac. Time. Beats Owen in a RX. workout. So we're hitting it hard. You're loving it, <laughs> loving it, yeah. loving it. I, I, like I said, started CrossFit. Did not
3: did, like it at first. It. Hated it. Yeah. Boxing hated it. loved, and I will go back to boxing at some point. I'm just taking a break to get a little fit now because yeah. I started CrossFit. And at first, I went to owen's Sweat class. My first class, and I think it was dumbbell oh my overhead God. lunges.
2: He, he reminded me of myself
3: when I started. I could not finish this workout. He, it was, it was. I, I had him doing ten rows, ten
2: ring dips. And a 25-foot overhead walking lunge. Yeah, I remember this. And, and I, that, was, I had then to that was the it right workout. Away. It was supposed to be a 12-minute AMRAP. Yeah. And he it, made it through around round I and a I half. I think I found you outside on the curb. I think
3: I... Yeah. yeah. And and his words were, go to the bushes if you're going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he said, I said... Like, you, you better not, not throw puke on in the front sidewalk. of my gym right now. <laughs> and uh, I think from that day, I took it as a challenge. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I love challenges and... Yeah. I think I've progressed a lot and there's still so much to learn. And I think looking at Owen, he is a big role model in the CrossFit, you know, play and in life for me and having him be someone that I can chase down and hopefully one day
1: get to is just awesome. I think. So guys, we ask, we ask everyone this question on the show. So we will ask you separately. So I'll start with you, Owen. Okay. And it's if they only knew, what do you wish that people knew about you?
2: Oh, if they, if they oh. only knew what,
1: and this could be like, it can be anything, anything. What, what's something that people don't know that you wish they did?
2: Well, so I guess one th- cool thing about me and I, I kind of, I kind of posted here and there on Instagram is that I love to cook.
1: You <laughs> oh, are an incredible. I think cook. that some people incredible. that don't He's know that about incredible me cook. and that I'm
2: pretty much obsessed with food and if I had all the money in the world, I probably wouldn't eat in yeah other than cooking for other people i'd probably just eat out at a different restaurant every night until i and then create a list of of, of like restaurants that i like and don't yeah. like um i was gonna go to culinary school before i decided on business school in the fitness and health industry um and it, i was actually gonna go to the um either cia or i was gonna go to johnson wales in rhode island right and then i realized that like line cook was i i've always had the passion to own my own business Mm -hmm. and so that kind of and maybe we can talk about that later but like i always wanted to own my own business so i knew that going to culinary school and being a line cook wasn't that path necessarily it would it would have taught me how to be behind the kitchen but i already been a prep cook i already been a line cook at breakfast restaurants and stuff like that and i knew that i didn't really like it that much right i didn't really i wasn't i wasn't enjoyed it but what i enjoyed was the process of the front of the house and getting plates out to people and and doing that and making sure the food would, uh, met a certain standard and so essentially i like had this goal of one day in my 30s and i saved my 30s because i want to use my 20s as to get as fit as freaking possible <laughs> and 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 do and do the fitness thing and but then somewhere in my 30s i want to open up a cafe restaurant yep um and i want it to be only open for four or five days a week i want it to be you know lunch and dinner and cocktails at night and yeah.
1: I want it to be what I want it to be. Absolutely. Well, you're in the perfect city for that. Yeah. <laughs> we have yeah. like one of the greatest culinary I know. scenes in the world here. Yeah. Right. Isaac. Yes. If yeah. they only knew, if they what only do you knew. wish people knew about you? You've been very vulnerable in this show, by the way. Yeah. I'm very, yeah, I feel like yeah, I, I know. You've I've been like, trying to. Yeah, you know, you've, you've totally opened up, a opened a up to <laughs> us here. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. The sweat's
3: still driven down my back now, but <laughs> 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 whatever. Um, so, you know, I don't really have. Is I don't think coming on to this show, I uh, had said to Owen before we left the house, I am just a person with a personality that has 19 years of life and can say like the random events that have happened to me. (laughs) But Owen, you have a story right now and you have stuff that people can, you know, figure out about you and you know what you're doing and everything. I think that I'm still an unwritten book. Still very young, and I'm not sure what I want other people to know about me at the moment in time, but I would like everyone down here to be part of that book. And I love it so far. I think I've had great mentors down here. I want to go shout out to Hannah and Rachel. They, yes! took, me, they took me under their wing and <laughs> brought me out, you know, yeah. downtown, really started the things up for me. And yeah. 62 Bogard. 62 Bogard, Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know yet anything too unique that we haven't discussed. And I think there's a lot of that to come and everyone will just be part of it as we go along. Agreed, man. Agreed.
2: Yes. Yeah,
1: sweet man. So, Owen, where can people find you?
2: Uh, people can find me on Instagram, Owen underscore Bernstein uh, 31. Um, I wish I could say I use Facebook more. Don't try to reach out to me there. And <laughs> uh, for personal training, what's your website? Uh, it's, so it's Motion, strengthinmotion, strength-inmotion.com uh, is where uh, you can find me for personal training as well as online training. Uh, yep. That's kind of my personal business that I, I've started up that uh, I'm, I'm Continuing
1: to grow is that online program. And you have an incredible strength program that people. Yes. We, I mean we have people in our gym that, that do yeah. your strength mm-hmm. programming alongside of our gym programming, yeah. and they have seen incredible mm-hmm. results. Yeah, for sure. And so if you're out there looking to get strong, definitely reach out to yes. Owen. He can help you. Yeah, absolutely. Isaac, where can people find you? Um, yeah. So if you want
3: to just go on Instagram, <laughs> Isaac b 44 You know, I'll have that one post right now as I just started, but uh, nice. gotta really amp it up soon. But yeah. Isaac B forty
1: four on Instagram. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. guys. It's awesome to have you here. Yes, and we thank love you, you very for having much.
3: us. Yep, we love you too. Yeah. Thank yeah. you,
0: Trinity. Yes, sir. Um, so we have this amazing business of Rhapsody. Yeah. Um, but I think paralleled to that is the amazing people around us. hundred percent. Like the Bernstein boys are family. To me, absolutely, um, and I was just so thankful that they were on with us here.
1: Yeah, and you, know? and you know, to go back on what I was saying earlier, you know, there is a lot going on in the world, but yeah. that's a prime example of what good parenting 100%. can do for the world. Percent. So you know, I, I just think that and
0: hard work and dedication, hard right? work and dedication,
1: and I think just really putting focus towards that and, and to all you know the parents or soon to be parents out there, mm-hmm. just invest, invest in your kids, yeah. and I think will make a real change out there in the world. One hundred percent. So look. Next episode is the season finale.
0: Holy crap. Is it already? Two weeks away. Okay.
1: Two weeks away before our hiatus. (laughs) Now I have swass. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So Mary Beth, Jen Bellino will be back in the saddle with us next episode. Yep. And we will see you back here on Rhapsody Radio. Awesome. Bye, guys.